Welcome back, everybody, to another very special edition of Messi and Co. Ashley, Gian, and myself, Austin, here with you. It feels like it's been a while, but it's really just been a normal game week. And that's the first time we've had a normal game week since the beginning, or I guess the middle of July when League's Cup started. Finally, five or six days for Inter-Miami to rest. And wow, um, it's still not going to be a regular game week. There's so much to talk about in terms of the international call-ups going on. Um, So everything Inter-Miami is still very much abnormal. We have not had a sense of normalcy since Messi joined the club, and that is not going to happen anytime soon, especially with the playoff push on the horizon. Gian, Ashley, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, We have so much to get to. And the first one is really everything that's gone on in the last 24 to 48 hours at the time of our recording with a lot of the Inter-Miami players who are out on international duty. And unfortunately for myself and for Gian, we're going to have to start off with the one and only Lionel Messi taking on Ecuador in the first round of the South American World Cup qualifiers. It was a gritty, nasty South American game, as you come to expect with these qualifiers. And, you know, Ecuador given up about 75% possession for all 90 minutes, but defensively were pretty solid. Didn't give up too many chances and then a silly foul at the end. And well, if anybody watched the Cruz Azul game or the FC Dallas game or, you know, the last 31 times Messi has scored a free kick, um, (laughs) you know exactly what happened on the outside of the area. Messi scores a winning free kick, not necessarily dying moments of the game, but enough to put Ecuador out and away. Gian, what are your what are your takeaways there from the way Messi played? Um what it means to have him out on international break, how unfortunate it was for Ecuador. And also, I guess I'll defer to Ashley, but him coming off as a substitute and admitting that he was tired. That is another key note. But Gian, what what did you see from Messi in those 89 minutes he played? You don't have to talk too much about the goal. I know it's going to be a little upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough to be on the other side of the coin, man. It is. Sheesh. It was like all these great weeks of Messi (laughs) insanity and Messi magic and rooting and yelling his name. And then man it was just so rough like i was just like arms like reaching messy no man but yeah i think that i think that ecuador did a really good job defense defensively you know they went in with a very defensive uh game plan and then i i understand it you're going against the world champion in in messi in argentina playing at home in buenos aires first game of world cup qualifiers so they went in there really safe. They played a, a, a counter attack, which did really well through 70 minutes, uh, 75 minutes until that uh, foul that was called right outside the, the box for Argentina, which um, I don't care who agrees with me or who doesn't, but it wasn't a foul at all. I, I, uh, I, 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 Listen, I seen fair, it like it was, 10 times. It was very avoidable, though. I, I think it, that it didn't yeah. need to be placed and you put yourself in a risky scenario that you shouldn't put yourself in that's me being objective as i try to be i mean it's buenos aires if you sneeze and an argentinian player they're gonna call it so (laughs) i mean it was just uh, but are you hating on messi no no i'm not hating on messi because the foul wasn't on messi the foul Uh, the the, the ghost foul was on lautaro that uh, you would have thought he would have been stretched off but within one second he walked off the field gingerly so that was uh, but uh, but yeah, I can do a whole episode on that foul. So I'm not going to I'm going to stop right there. But uh, yeah. So as soon as that foul got called, how many times have we seen that foul? I felt this. I felt the same way. Like when we were 
at DRV Pink Stadium and watching that foul get called in the last minute. Yeah. And just seeing Messi, it looks like a penalty basically for Messi. And I was, I was there watching with my family and I was like, yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> it's I the think, first time I've seen this. I think numbers wise in the since I don't remember the year. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's like since 2019 or 2020, he has the same amount of free kick goals as he does penalty goals. Uh, I think it's Crazy. 31 and 31, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's actually, basically a penalty. Well, yeah, no, I mean, at that point, I mean, I, I don't know the conversion such rate. such a high rate. It's, yeah, especially from 18 insane. to 20 yards out. It, it's it's ridiculous. But it hurt, nonetheless, before we, oh, yeah. we, we yeah. send it over to Ashley. It, it, it hurt me because <laughs> it was so beautiful, but it was against Ecuador. And yeah. So it was just tough to see Messi on the on the other side. But uh, uh, putting on my Inter-Miami jersey, it's cool to see an Inter-Miami player scored an amazing It's out of the way now. They've they've got the first round done. Argentina go to face Bolivia. Ecuador will move on as well. Don't play Ecuador – or don't play Argentina for quite some time. (laughs) We can can recoup and and try and finish in those top seven spots in order to qualify for (laughs) – we've got time. Actually, I I think it might be expanded. But anyway, um, Ashley, at the end of the game, Messi came off. And, you know, from the beginning of the show, Alejandro was one to to talk about it first – um, Messi doesn't get substituted off in games. That's not what Messi does. If he's playing a game, he's playing the full 90 minutes. And that's not what happened to, or last night, I should say. He actually signaled to the Argentinian manager, Scaloni, and said that he needed to come off. And the game, he said, yeah, I, I was afraid I was fatigued. I felt like I needed to come off. Pretty much. Not, quote, not word for word, but that is kind of the gist of all of it. Is there anything to make of that? Are, are you are you worried about that? Or is there something – is there cause for concern pretty much? I know Tata spoke about it today, and I'll try and find the quote for you guys. But um, is is it anything – can you make anything of it? Or is it kind of just he's 36 years old, he's played a crap ton of games, and he needed to come off for the last five minutes? Yeah, I think – I mean, I hope that there's nothing with it. Um, I hope it is just kind of fatigue. Um he's played so many games and he's been playing games and obviously uh, hot weather. And so I, I think it is just wear and tear. Um, I think he, you know, he had this phenomenal goal and I also, maybe part of it was, you know, uh, Scaloni was, was giving him his chance to get that ovation that he, he always gets an ovation, but to be able to get it during the game, I think is always nice, you know, being able to walk off things like that. Uh, in Buenos Aires after the world, the first, uh, the first world cup they've had in quite some time. Uh, Am I worried? I think it will depend greatly on the game with Bolivia. And if one, he travels, if he starts, if he comes off the bench, all of those different things, it's in high altitude, it's difficult game. Um, And obviously with Inter Miami, every game is crucial, but he's messy. And I believe that uh, he plays so brilliantly and craftily that with fatigue, you know, with Argentina and with all of those things, like towards the end of the game, he was really trying to orchestrate everything. And with Inter Miami, I think, especially, you know, with certain setups and things like that, he doesn't have to run as much or, you know, facilitate. He gets to have his moments of brilliance, which plays more into his hands when he's a little bit tired. So, um, I'm going to do one of our favorite things on the show, which is not really answer the question and basically say, I'm not, I'm not worried, but I, you know, I wish he wasn't as tired. <laughs> yeah. I, think, you know. I think in this one too, because of the, 
just the way that the game went. It, it wasn't. I, I, Ecuador were putting a lot of pressure on on Argentinian player, players on and off the ball, um, and so there was less moments for Messi to be trotting around. And when he was on the ball, the pressure was like at an extreme high. You could, I mean, Moises Caicedo was doing everything he possibly could to take that ball off Messi multiple times throughout the match, and you could say it for other other Ecuadorian players as well. But there was a lot of pressure in this one, and I, I think that he was definitely getting getting the work put in. Um, and I'm not, that wasn't really to Ecuador's credit or to Argentina's credit. It was just a really tough, tough match. So yeah, I mean, give him his flowers. He scored the goal. He gets subbed off. It wasn't, I don't, I personally don't make anything of it. Um, and I don't think Tata does either. This was the quote. Um, it doesn't seem to be significant, just symptoms of fatigue. At least that's the report that we got after the game sometime today, as we're recording on Friday, uh, they should know better. So oh, Scaloni said he felt something. That's the only thing that I, there's like conflicting. Reports. Yeah. So, so I'm I, trying to I figure that out too. If we could find the Scaloni quote, that would be important too. But I, I'm personally not, not too worried to be completely And also he said, Messi said in the post match, he's like, no, I was just tired. Like just tired. Yeah. He, I think if it was something he would have like, he would have avoided the question more and like worked around it. But by, by giving an answer and being like, no, I was just tired. Like, I think yeah. that makes me feel better. Yeah. Me, me too. Um, all right, so there are some other international call-ups uh, around the Inter-Miami camp, and we, we should go through a couple of them because some have had significant roles. Some are still yet to see their role, um, but we have Benjamin Kromeshki, Sergei Kristov, Robert Taylor, Joseph Martinez, David Ruiz, Diego Gomez, and Edison Azcona. Um, and a couple of them have already played, which is important to note. And the first one I want to go through is, is Diego Gomez. Um, not only did he play for Paraguay, he started for Paraguay, uh, made, or sorry, played 66 minutes. And one thing that I had seen was a keynote. He was the main free kick taker, uh, for Paraguay as well. He had a good performance in score, but, um, if you remember when we talked about Diego Gomez extensively on the podcast with Roberto Rojas, I was in contact with him, uh, throughout the match and, loves the way that Diego Gomez played. They are extremely excited about him. And I think rightfully so hasn't necessarily come into fruition with into Miami and his potential yet, but it's, it's getting there. And I think that this international performance and international camp may be really good for him. Um, but Diego Gomez starting, you had Joseph Martinez for Venezuela who came off the bench, played 31 minutes and a loss to Colombia. Um, barely had any touches in the, in the match that there, when he came on Colombia, weren't really playing great either. It was kind of a, it was a game that was kind of, I'm not even going to necessarily call it a wash. It was just not very entertaining. Um, and then Robert Taylor, who had a more of a, or less of a significant role was a substitute against Kazakhstan. He played the last five minutes of the game uh, tonight as for Friday or whenever you're listening to this, they may have already played. They're maybe about to play Edison Ascona and David Ruiz. We'll see if they're inserted into the starting lineups for Honduras and the Dominican Republic. Sergei Kristoff plays tomorrow uh, for Ukraine. And one thing that I don't know and how many minutes he will get in the camp is Benjamin Kromashki. Um, Greg Berhalter came out today for the United States men's national team. I'm wearing the jersey today. Um, and he talked about the starting lineup, and it looks like he's really trying to see what his starting or his starting team is going is to look like against these, these teams, uh, Uzbekistan and Oman, I believe. So I don't know how many minutes Kromashki is going going to play um but 
Can, can you guys, whoever wants to take take the reins here, for the young guys, David Ruiz, Edison Ascona, and, and Benjamin Kramaschke, whether you want him to be with an, the Argentinian national team or, or the United States national team, um, you know, it does take away from league play and MLS right now, but I have always been an advocate for younger players going and taking camps. And when Phil Neville was around, I loved to ask him questions about that in the pressers, which to hit to, to my surprise, um, he wasn't as upset about it uh, as some of these other MLS managers have been because scheduling games within FIFA international windows can be very annoying. And for inter Miami and the players that you're missing, a la Messi for this game against Sporting Kansas City is is a rough, rough, rough thing to have to endure. And Tata Martino is one who have who has said something about it, and other managers around the league have said things about it. But Phil Neville was one, especially back then. Right now, the stakes are much higher. That was one to say, yeah, I want these kids to go to camp. So with Kromeshki, even though he's been a key player, David Ruiz, who's come on as a substitute and gotten a ton of starting minutes before the revamp, Ascona, who has played here and there. Now you have Diego Gomez playing as well. Do you guys see it as a positive or is it still rather annoying? Um, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Jan. Oh, thank you. No, uh, well, my first question is, do they not have Apple TV in Finland? Like, how is uh, Robert Taylor only getting five minutes of play? Like, what, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> that's that's nuts. But but I, I would say that. For me, any time that a player, especially a young player, gets called to the national team, whether they play or not, whether they get no minutes or zero minutes, it's important because they're able to get that experience with the vet veteran players. And you always want them to, I think it helps them grow very much. So that's going to help you on a club level as well with your players at such a young age, getting all that experience and learning all of these tactics and, and, and the game internationally playing those international games whether they're, they're playing them or not if they're playing with the with other players that are players from europe players from south america that are, are on the men's national team that's just in, incredible for them from a from a tactical perspective but also those are players that play hard and strong so from a physicality level it's really good for them as well i think the issue just comes for situationally like for inter miami where we've got nine players that are going out at the same time that's where it becomes tough so maybe not in and of itself maybe losing two or three you know teams have to deal with that sometimes but having to deal with that while having nine players out that's i believe probably the tougher part yeah i mean i would say that because of the situation we're in obviously you know for the playoffs and everything it's not ideal but I think there's just so many positives to it. Um, Messi aside, who obviously already has all of these intangibles, but for the other players, being able to be around such amazing talent, the work ethic, the the schemes, the being off the ball, like what they're going to learn and bring to Inter-Miami, it's it's super invaluable. And I mean, with Kramaski, um, I think they're going to play him a little because if not, I think he's going to be, it's not going to like rub him the right way that they brought him to camp and everything, especially when they're between and like, you got to give him a couple minutes to see. I think he maybe will get 30 minutes um, at least in one of the games. But yeah, I, uh, I think it's, it's still good. You know, I think it's, it shows the talent and being around good players, it rubs off on you being around strong coaches, uh, being around like great facilities and you know the 
the infrastructure, all of those things that help improve you as a player um, makes a big difference. And look, they've all, all of these players have been in Messi mania and they'll continue to be for as long as they're at Inter Miami at the same time as Messi. That's just what's going to happen. But they now get a little bit of separation, right? Like they get a chance to kind of reinvigorate themselves in a way that I think um, will be great for this last stretch of games. Yeah. The only time I, I really can remember an international call-up being like an overall negative experience for an Inter Miami player. Robbie Robinson. Robbie Robinson with Chile. I mean, that's really the only time that's ever, but that was a stretch for him who w- went completely out of his comfort zone to, to go ahead and try and capitalize on that opportunity. But that um, other than that, I mean, especially for the young kids, I, I think that it's, extremely important and as you said they they learn some invaluable things that you can't really just can't grasp and I, I love the international windows for the most part I wish and I do hope that going forward MLS does something to kind of figure out how to schedule around them it's going to be tougher considering you know qualifiers are going to ramp up other competitions in the summer with the gold cup um CONCACAF Nations League all these things and Miami's going to be in a ton, a ton of competitions as well U.S. Open Cup, CONCACAF Champions League, Leagues Cup again. So there's a lot to schedule around. It's going to be tough. Um, the the offseason is already as short as it possibly can be. So there's a lot for them to go ahead and figure out. But you can say that about multiple different things uh, within MLS right now. And I think that that's just conversations that will have to be had. And we'll keep having them here on, on Messi & Co. Um, with that said, before we get into our preview, a quick word from one of our sponsors and we'll get into all things Sporting Kansas City versus Inter Miami. If you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury, look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor, Lacqua Azura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, Lacqua Azura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. If you're looking in the South Florida area for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month basis, Lacqua Azura boasts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. Also, if you mention Messi & Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait. For pool service, patio renovation, or more, call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, Lacqua Azura. All right, so as I said in the beginning of the show, this is the first time that Miami really have an actual break in between games, more than three or four days. It's going to be at least five days off. That game in L.A. on Sunday night was magical, to say the least. Uh, Outstanding performance. And I think that if you missed any of our our analysis on that, go ahead and go through the live videos on YouTube. Our post-game reactions are all there. You guys did an amazing job. but now they're going to take on Sporting Kansas City. The playoff race is on. And without Lionel Messi, a game at home does help them a little bit. And I asked you guys last time if LAFC was a must win. And we kind of all kind of agreed that all of these games are, are must wins, really. I know it's a Western Conference opponent, but it's a game at home. It's a, it's a chance to, to gain three points. You have two, sometimes one game in hand, depending on the opponent that you're looking at. And right now with where they stand in the table all points are genuinely needed. So I don't even want to ask the question about, about it being a must win anymore. Um, without Lionel Messi, it does get a little bit harder. Um, 
but I, I do want to pick your guys's brain and ask, you know, with all of these international call-ups and the players who are not available, I'll put them back on the screen um, for you guys to see who will not be able to play. Where does Tata Martino go? How does the starting lineup look without Lionel Messi? We saw a little bit of it in the first half or the first 60 minutes against New York Red Bulls and what it kind of looks like without Lionel Messi. And for the most part, we were pretty comfortable with it. You know, they got the lead. It ended up being 1-1, but in reality, it was still kind of a comfortable performance. Lionel Messi came on and helped get the winner. Um, but really, it was it was nice. With Facundo Farias coming into form, Tomas Aviles really looking like a great ball-playing center back. Alba gets to stay. Boos gets to, gets to stay. Arroyo gets to stay. Campana gets to stay. There's still a lot of key pieces for this team. And one thing that I haven't even mentioned yet, Drake Callender has not left to the U.S. men's national team camp. He will be skipping on the first game or so and playing against Sporting Kansas City on Saturday. Um, so we do also have Drake Callender. We will not get to see C.J. Dos Santos or Cole Jensen, who I was kind of excited to see one of them. They haven't gotten to play for the Inter-Miami first team just yet. Um, but in reality, of course, we want Drake Callender between the posts, which is really, really awesome. So with all that said, Drake getting to be there, some of the key guys getting to be there, DP, U22 alike. What what does the starting lineup look like? What do you guys want to see, and how can Miami find success in this game through the personnel and the personnel alone? I think it's going to be a 3-5-2. Okay. Um, or a 5-3-2. I mean, like, just however you want to say it, 5-3-2, 3-5-2, depending. But – and um, – this is what my, I have such conviction, which I never have. So every, yeah. everyone listen. And when I'm completely wrong, then this is why I don't have <laughs> conviction with my answers. But so uh, for sure, three center backs, it's going to be Kamal Miller, Aviles, Sailor. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, fine. Sailor or McVeigh, but I think Sailor. Uh, no Allen? I, I think they're going to hold Noah Allen until the second half. I think they're going to use okay. Noah Allen, but I think he's okay. going to come in on the second half. Um, right back, Yedlin. Uh, left, we have, obviously, Alba. Uh, midfield, it's going to be Busquets, Arroyo, Mota, as long as Mota is available. Okay. And then Facundo Farias and uh, Campana up top. I think people like uh, Robbie Robinson – Noah Allen, maybe Stefanelli. I think he seems like he's about ready to come back in. U Uyoa, even like those players are going to be needed um, early in the second half. But that's what I think the starting 11 is going to look like. I, I don't want to rain on your parade too much, but I, and I don't even know if this is a hundred percent accurate or true. Um, but I do, I have seen some speculation out of into Miami trainings and, and pictures that they posted that Monta has had a little bit of a setback. Oh, has he? Um, so I don't I, don't quote me on it, but mm. it looks like he's still undergoing like some physical therapy kind of training. Uh, he's not been fully with the team in training I at times. I saw him in a training picture this week. Maybe not. He was. There was another picture that came out with him on a treadmill inside in one of those like covers. So I, it, it's um, it's up in the air. Uh, his his availability. I know Gregory has had a setback as well with the surgery and everything. So there. I'm not 100% sure that Mota gets gets the nod here just because of his physical availability. But that does leave a question in the midfield and what you do with Busquets and Arroyo. And if Mota's not there, who you play next to them? Maybe um, Stefanelli? I don't know. Stefan I mean, then I think if Stefanelli plays, it probably looks more like a 3-4-3. Three, three. 
um, with Stefanelli maybe out on the right in front of Yedlin and Fadias maybe out on the left, kind of converting into the middle behind Campana at times, like Messi does on the opposite end. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent, but that is one thing that I saw, and it's something to keep eyes on, especially for tomorrow's game because Mota could could definitely be used with you know losing guys like. Diego Gomez and Benjamin Kromeshki, even David Ruiz as well. Those are three key midfielders that Tata Martino has used um, from time to time. Gian, do you kind of agree with the the style that Ashley has has mentioned, the 3-5-2 or at least a three-center-back formation, or do you think he alters it a little bit depending on the, the personnel? I actually agree almost spot on with what Ashley said using that 3-5-2. I think it's a it, – I know you're trying to figure out, like, is it 3-5-2 or 5-3-2? But I think it's literally both. It's just on, yeah, on, right. one's on offense, on defense. Offense on offense and defense. Yeah, yeah. on offense it'll be 3-5-2, and then on defense it'll be 5-3-2. And we saw that it worked against L.A. So although the personnel is different, I and obviously you can never replace Messi, you've got your basically your other two foundational players with Alba uh, – yeah, with uh, Jordi being there and with Busquets being there. So I think that – they're gonna one's gonna anchor the defense, the other will anchor the midfield. The what do you do up front? I think that's gonna be interesting as well. You obviously have Farias. You pick between Campana and Joseph. Uh, well, not Joseph is, is gonna be uh, still over uh, with the national team, but it'll be probably Campana and Farias. Um, I'm interested to see who's gonna be that center back. I knew you were trying to figure that out too. Is it gonna be McVeigh? Is it gonna be Noah Allen? Uh, I would hope it's Allen. But I understand the wanting to keep him on on the bench makes sense to see if you can bring him in. But at the same time, maybe you just play your best. And I think Noah Allen right now is is better than than McVeigh. And I then, think he is too. I just it's a war yeah. of attrition. I am curious exactly. to see how yeah. Tata deals with it. Yeah. So um, I think I, I almost agree spot on. Like I said with Ashley, and now just the that's kind of like throwing in a monkey wrench there with Mota not being available. What the heck do you do there? Because you kind of need someone to help you build out from there. I mean, obviously, you know, Busquets has his very strong role, which is again, to disrupt there, but also to be able to put out those, those passes, but you don't have anybody going forward between those, those three midfielders. If it's just Arroyo, that that's not his game. And now you don't have Mota. I don't know what you would do that's the only reason why i think that maybe there is some tinkering with the lineup if it's not the the three five two just because of the fact that you don't have somebody to, to come out of the midfield and and create the, those plays or, or go forward uh, so maybe it ends if it's not a three five two it could be a, a four three three most likely but with I, I think with campana in the middle with stefanelli on the right and on the left farias but I think that we've got enough. I think that that's what's most important right now is I think we do have enough to be able to compete against Kansas City, especially being at home. We need to make sure that we take advantage of the home crowd. And even though this isn't a, you know, an East rival, it's still a very important game in the playoff push. And um, this is a team I think that is kind of on a roll, a small role. You know, they, they, they coming out back uh from the league's cup break they've won two two games in a row so they're kind of in a, a little role just like we are as well so it's just, it's not going to be really easy especially missing messy but i think that it's very much a winnable game i also i would say you can maybe see a situation where if they do go to 3-5-2 farias could be in that sort of like n- number 10 ish but like midfield f- uh forward role and then you have robbie robinson and campana up top i could see that mm. happening too okay yeah, I'm very aggressive. 
Yeah, and I could see it in a, I mean, kind of the same way in, in a, I guess there I, will there be times where they attack in, in that, like a 3-4-1-2, you're kind of saying, like where Farias yeah. is a little above, you know, um, Busquets and Arroyo. And I think that kind of also calls for a 3-4-3 in defense if you see Farias, yeah. you know, right? So you could see that as well. Um, and, and speaking of Facundo Farias, guys, what player – are you most excited to watch in Messi's absence? And why is it Facundo Farias? Because I, I think that it has to be Facundo. He, he's done so well ever since he's come on. He's been a bolt of energy. And for me, that that's who I'm going with. I, I want to see him. I don't think he's got the reins to really like take over this game. But I think he's gonna his skill set will be on full display as somebody creative, quick, technical, and progressive is going to have to get on the ball. All eyes point to Facundo Farias. All signs point to him in terms of being that kind of player for Inter-Miami, finding a way to progress the ball, find Campana in the box. Um, if it's not a Jordi Alba or DeAndre Edlin cross, it's got to be Farias serving him up, or maybe Busquets over the top. I'm not sure. But for me, it's 100% Facundo Farias. Do you, you guys agree with that? We've pretty much agreed on everything so far, so don't let me down here. I think so. Okay. I think yeah, right. I, I definitely I definitely, no pressure. I definitely no agree pressure, with that. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think Farias is going to – I feel like he's going to be able to roam free on this one and really play almost positionless. I think that that's what that's going to allow so. him to That'd do be because, awesome. because, because, I mean, he is – or I, I think other than Campana and under two completely different roles, I think Farias is going to be the one that's going to be dominating on the ball basically all the time, and, and he's – let him go to the left. Let him go to the right. Let him go to play in the middle, and just that's your game. Go play free, and and I can see a couple of uh, well, not a couple, but at least I I can see him definitely scoring on this one, and maybe even an assist like you mentioned. Um, so he's definitely someone to watch. And then I think Busquets is going to be very commanding in in this game as well. Very commanding. Like he's going to he be have like 150 touches in this game. Yeah, no, yeah. No, everything's going to go. We don't we don't have a natural playmaker right now, other than. Busquets, who is the one that again distributes the ball out of the midfield, so everything's gonna ha- everything already does go through him. So imagine right, now, yeah. no Messi. So he's got to rest. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying on prize picks, take the over passes attempted on Sergio <laughs> Busquets. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. I don't even care what the number is; just go over. Um, yeah. So actually, you you agree with Farias? Is there anybody else you got your eye on? Yeah, I agree with Farias. Um, I would like to see Campana step up and and you know he's gotten his goals recently keep the momentum going show that he deserves to be in the starting lineup even when everyone is back does uh him he should have been in the ecuadorian squad like i want him to feel those kind of things to really ball out um i just won't give up on robbie robinson and i just want him to have a good game and i want him to you know be the aggressor and uh at least make the defense work and open up the game is because Robbie Robinson is, is he's fearless. Like he's had issues obviously with injuries and overall discipline and things like that. But when he, when he's going on the ball or he's making his runs, he plays fearless, you know, he he's going for it. And I think in, in this kind of game tomorrow where there's so many unknowns, you have to just have those people who are going to be fearless and who are going to just try and make the game happen themselves, which I think will be interesting. So, so yeah, I, but I agree. I mean, Fadias um, is so technical, so skilled. He's really, you know, been able to take the reins and uh, do what's being asked of him. And I think he knows it's an opportunity to show out and uh, 
in front of the home fans. So I think he'll he'll take it. We'll we'll see if if Tata can can trust uh, uh, Robbie. I, I I do see him potentially getting minutes. I don't know about starting, but I, I do see him potentially getting minutes. Um, Tata also spoke and mentioned Sporting Kansas City when he's spoken. Kind of their their situation right now is they're not as far down as Miami are in the playoff race. They really do have a chance to make it in the Western Conference. They're not far out by any means, and they're starting to find form. They I think they went winless in their first like eight or nine games in the Western Conference in MLS, and they've only gotten one loss in MLS since like the middle of June. So they, they've kind of picked up form a little bit. They didn't do well in League's Cup. They lost the game in League's Cup, I believe, in the first knockout stage. But again, they've won their last two MLS games. Alan Polito looks fully fit fully back from injury, scored two goals their last time out. They're a team that is motivated and confident. Uh, and, you know, not many teams can say that, especially going into driving stadium, but they're in a situation where they need to pick up points as well. So without Lionel Messi, this is a game that I think Sporting Kansas City has circled is, yeah, let's let's go ahead and see if we can make this happen. Um, Alan Polito is somebody that Tata Martino is keeping his eyes on. Uh, for instance, he, he talked about how Alan is a forward who can play well in front of the goal, but can also retreat. And they, they said that they're going to be very careful with him. And I think that that does point to possibly three center backs, one of them man marking him and picking him up at times. If he is to drift in, uh, or it'll be, I mean, drift back towards the middle of the field to pick up the ball. And maybe Busquets and Arroyo have that, that position as well. Johnny Russell out in the wing for sporting Kansas city as well has been dangerous at times throughout the season. So they have a couple of key players and the squad does look pretty fit um, in terms of injuries and everything like that. So I don't think this is going to be an easy game for inter Miami. And I do think that you guys made a great point on Sergio Busquets and having to be the guy who, you know, with, with Lionel Messi on the pitch and the turnaround that we saw from inter Miami of old to inter Miami now is they've gotten to keep 65, 70% possession at times teams would have to back down a little bit in basically fear of Lionel Messi getting on the ball in front of goal. And now without that there, maybe Sporting Kansas City are a little bit more inclined to put the pressure on Inter-Miami, kind of like Red Bulls did from time to time. So I think that the midfield, especially Sergio Busquets, is going to have to be on his game uh, in terms of being that director in the middle of the park, getting the ball from side to side, finding the open spaces and retaining possession. I think that's going to be really, really important uh, for Inter-Miami. Uh, with all that said, we what we always do on this show is score predictions. And, and I think that this is an interesting one. And I know that we have gotten confident here on Messi and Co. And um, I don't know if you guys remember my YouTube comment, but I said we're making the playoffs. So I'm going to stick by that. Um, <laughs> for me, I, I think that this could be a tough one. And I'm going to go 2-1 into Miami. Um, I think Farias and Campana get on the score sheet. Um, and I think that they score early and then Sporting Kansas City have to claw their way back, but that plays into Miami's hands. So I think two first half goals for into Miami. Sporting Kansas City get one back late, but it's not enough. That's kind of my thing here at Driving Stadium. Then getting more than one goal in the second half is probably going to be tough to do anyway with just the weather and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going 2 1 into Miami. They retain all three points i i think that as long as inter miami 
can make sure they maintain possession of the ball, take away possession from Kansas City. That's something that they like to do is play with possession. Yeah. If they can play the ball out quickly from the midfield because Kansas City is going to pressure. I know 100% they're probably going to pressure hard. And they leave a lot of spaces between their midfield and their back line. And we can, if Busquets can get rid of that ball quickly, get it to Farias or to Campana, I think we'll score a couple of goals. So I think it's going to be 2-1 as well. I, I agree with you. It'll be 2-1. I think it's going to be 2-0 because okay. I agree with you about how we're going to score those goals. Um, I think we still have uh, Busquets and Alba, and they don't. <laughs> and so – Fair enough. That, and uh, we also have right now, I'd say, like I've said before, the best goalkeeper in North America, club yeah. level. Sure. Um, and so unless it's a real stroke of brilliance, I, uh, I don't see much going past him. So I say Inter Miami 2-0. But do you think, Ashley, that Kansas City gets good chances in this game? Is there room for them to like actually test Drake? Or do you think that the back line with that is pretty much going to stay intact um, with Kamal Miller and uh, Thomas Aguilas yeah. being there? Obviously, Kristoff, but he had been out a couple of matches and they still kind of held their own. Uh, does Sporting Kansas City get any breakthroughs? I mean at all or is it going to be tough um never say never because okay. you know i think that they're going to be playing hungry because messi isn't there but at the same time we have a fantastic manager uh we've had rest and i think like i said we're going to be having a back five for most of this game when we when we're out of possession and um with especially with arroyo and Busquets, you know, they'll be covering defensively. Jordi Alba had his best game so far, I think, on a, on last Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I, I maybe they'll have some chances, but I don't think it's going to be maybe as open as they think. Yeah, it was it was pretty open against Los Angeles. I mean, Boanga not being able to But score. there's also a different level of, like, yeah, a front three. Yeah, no, 100 Boanga and Vela are – miles ahead of Johnny Russell and Alan Polito, even if they're in form. I mean, there, there's no really debate there, but I still think that it might be dangerous at times, but at the same time, I think Miami have the confidence to be able to, to shut it down. And Drake being there is just such a, such a huge positive. I, we didn't know if that was going to happen. There was talks about that happening when he got called into camp. Um, and like I said, I was wondering who would play CJ Dos Santos or Cole Jensen. We've literally never seen any of them play in an inter Miami kit before. Um, at least the first team. So it would have been really, really interesting. And I was a little excited about it, but also would have made me really nervous and would have scared me just a bit. But with Drake being there, it, it's a huge um, confidence booster. All right. I think that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Messi and Co. in English. Make sure you stay tuned for all of our content here in the coming weeks. We have very exciting stuff possibly coming up uh, that we can't wait to get out to you guys. Um, and with that said, stay around for post game after the game tomorrow. I'll be at the stadium myself. I know Ashley, Gian, I don't know if you'll be at home running the post game show, whatever it is, but yeah. um, make sure you stay around and, and, and stay tuned for that. And for everything on five reason sports, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, turn the notifications on so you can stay up to date with all South Florida sports. And as for the podcast, if you're listening on YouTube right now, Make sure you check us out on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Just type in Messi in the search bar. It'll come right up. You'll see the logo um, that you see right up there in the top right corner. Follow us. 
uh, rate the show, download the episodes. It does us a huge, huge, huge favor. And don't forget to reach out to our sponsor, Laco Azuda, for all things pools in South Florida. All right. I think that covers it, guys. Gian, Ashley, thank you so much for doing this. For everybody at Messi & Go, we'll see you guys next time.